for centuries. We've been warned about little green men. Now, they are coming. They're coming for you. Run. But first, shut your windows. Hide your apples. Prepare for the attack of the android. And now, your host, and the human leader of the Android Underground, Matt Lee. Dun, 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 dun. What's up, guys? It's Tuesday, March 5th, 2013. This is episode 73 of Attack of the Androids. Every week, right here, Tuesday nights, attackoftheandroids.com. That's our website. Check it out. I'm Matt Lee. Joining me this evening, we got Ant Pruitt. What's up, Ant? What's going on, my man? We got Shane Brady. What's up, Shane? Hey, guys. Uh, we got Chris Miller, a regular on our Yats and Attack of the Android show. What's up, Chris? Good evening, good evening. We got Anthony Farrier from areyouanandroid.com. How you doing, Anthony? Good, good. Good to see everybody. Good to have you back. And uh, we got one of my friends from the podcast game from way back. Not exactly an Android fan, as, as you could say, but hey, we let him uh, come discuss... Nonetheless, Mike Boudet, how you doing, Mike? Doing good. Good. You got like a website you write at or anything you want to Mike Boudet from? Uh, okay. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Moving on. Uh, like I mentioned, join us every week. You guys can interact with us throughout the week on our Google Plus community. And also while you're there, check out Aunt Pruitt's smartphone photographer community. If you like taking pictures with your Smartphone device, whether it be Apple, it's cool, or Android, or even BlackBerry, or Windows, or Firefox, or Ubuntu. <laughs> I mean, anything. Smartphone. No one wants Linux on the phone, man. <laughs> Seth, <laughs> if we've learned nothing from Seth Herringer, <laughs> we've learned that. Seth has spoken through oh, Shane. That's pretty awesome. That was a good discussion. If you guys missed it, definitely check out last week's episode, 72. Here, here. Open source Eric get into it with not so open source Seth and Shane, and it was it was a great discussion. So I didn't hear that, but I I, I can tell you right now, I definitely want a command line from the uh, from from my phone. Definitely, it's all about the command line and like a hardware keyboard. If I could get a good physical tactile <laughs> hardware keyboard. And maybe an XT9, you know, just for doing numbers. Who knows? Just, just say. Nice. So, uh, what's your what's your daily driver, Mike Boudet? What are you using as your mobile device? Uh, I am using the iPhone five. And you love it. You love the extra screen real estate that you got there, and the I, cool notifications. So here's the thing, right? I started out with an iPhone, so I haven't really partaken in the uh, Android experience. I've, I've played with them from, you know, just seeing them around and having my friends show me them and stuff like that. Pretty similar interface. Never actually decided to switch. So I'm pretty happy with it, but I know no better. But I, I know that, you know, it's pretty comparable. So It does basically everything you need it to do. So you've never had that, that need to right. be like, man, I wish it could do this. Right. The only thing that I see is the, as a big issue is apps, you know. And, and I think that's still a barrier that needs to be crossed. But I, I think that eventually that will be. I think eventually Android will have more apps than Apple. Now, as far as like uh, I hear one of the big gripes on uh, iOS is the keyboard. You guys can't use SwiftKey. You can't use Hacker Keyboard. You, you're pretty much stuck with the uh, the one and only 
iOS uh, keyboard there. Do you love the keyboard, Mike? I don't have any issues with it. I mean, maybe it's just because I don't know any better. Sure. But what? Why? What? Why would I need anything other than other than a hardware keyboard? <laughs> Not the hardware. Yeah. Uh, and I, uh, I want to be able to press and hear the click. Right. I need that spring loaded. Yes. To blow it out with duster when it gets full of dust and everything. I uh, I started using. Can you on... make it this big? That would be helpful. Uh, let, hey, I got one in my backpack. Let me just uh, let me go pull it out. We'll uh, plug it in. Does that thing have Bluetooth? Oh wait, this is USB. Does that have USB? <laughs> Not happening. This is PS2. Do you guys have a adapter? <laughs> anyway, I, I I started using SwiftKey Flow, uh, which is their kind of gesture typing, and I I started messing around with it in Android 4.2. Uh, just the default stock Android keyboard has it. And I, I'm usually not a fan of the, the swipe to type thing. I'm much faster with my thumbs. But between SwiftKey's prediction engine and it knowing because I've been a SwiftKey user and I give it all of my feeds, it knows what I'm typing. Between that and the gestures, on my tablet, I've definitely been liking it because you can't just type one-handed on the on the tablet. So the, the gestures on there really make sense. But as far as the the phone I, i'm still you know so it's pack. not going to predict fork you fork you no no actually it's it's very uh <laughs> what's the word i'm looking for because it, matt does not talk like that obviously no <laughs> n- never when i'm texting or typing this thing's writing like romance novels or hip-hop songs i mean it it predicts every review i've ever written on a on an application it, it's good stuff I, i'm definitely liking it <laughs> Uh, when, that, when that update came out, I was a little leery about it because I'm not a swiping fan, and I was like, "Why are they doing this?" But I didn't think about the fact that it already has your your own little database of of vernacular in there. Yeah, and I like I said, I didn't really care for the swiping to begin with, especially if you're just one handed. But if if you're going on a bigger device that you have to use two hands anyway, it definitely makes sense. I mean, voice rec is still the optimal way to go if you're you know by yourself, but this is, is for what it is. It, it works really well, especially for their first iteration of it. I mean, we've had keyboards like Swipe that have been doing it since their inception, and they're—I don't like them compared to this. Yeah. So they did right. good. Chris, any thoughts on the BlackBerry keyboard? I—I <laughs> uh, I much prefer SwiftKey. I can say that, and it depends on which one you have. Actually, one of the, if you have a physical touch keyboard, the BlackBerry keyboards are amazing. But if you have a uh, all-touch one like an all-touch BlackBerry, uh, I'm faster than the keyboard actually is, so it sucks. Hmm. But that Z10 now, that new one, it has, Z10, that's hot. That, that's different, though, because the predictive text inside of it, you actually throw up onto the screen. Yeah. So as you're typing, it's guessing whole words, and you just flick your thumb, and it puts it up there. As yeah. an, i got to jump in as an Apple guy, or the only Apple guy here. Uh, i got to raise my hand and go, that's what I liked about the When I first got the very first iPhone... I'd played with touchscreen devices in the past, and everyone was like, you, you know, you type and you wait because it's waiting to think what The prediction just, engines were yeah. super slow. You were right. faster. Not only prediction, but just in terms of just hitting a key. Just oh, hitting just, a key. Right, right. Just yeah, anyway. And, and the iPhone was the first one that had that sort of speed to it where you were like, wow, this is really cool. It was real time. Yeah. So, well, not, not even. I mean, it's gotten a lot faster since then, but, you know, we've gotten a little spoiled since... Apple introduced the touchscreen. Yeah, that's where we are with voice recognition on Android too. Apple, right. it's really slow, and on Android, it's super quick now. So Apple's behind on keyboards and in voice recognition. 
Would you agree with that, Mike? I, I think I can believe that. Yeah, I mean, I I I, I don't use Siri at all as an. Oh, you don't. No, I know. Not even for a novelty. I played with it for a little bit. And You're I, over I, it. Yeah, I'm done. What were you gonna say, Anthony? Okay, funny enough, my uh, my work phone is the iPhone four, and it took me a while to get used to the keyboard. I honestly think the direction of your thumb on the keyboard really matters because when I was on when I used my Android phone, it works perfectly. I have no issues except for when I press spacebar, I get a B. But when I try to use the iPhone, it's just annoying because it never types the words that I think I'm typing. I really have to take a look and see that the keyboard is just so tiny and my fingers must be fat. It's the size difference and the layout difference from what you're used to using. You're hitting the same spot on the screen, but where that letter is is completely different in that. that. Yeah, and and I'm blowing that. I just bought a, a, la- a new laptop over the weekend. I had a, an Apple Pro before, and just the just the slight difference of where the keys are isn't that annoying? Oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> so why'd you take it back, uh, Mike? You you loved Windows Eight so much. We were talking about this before the show. Windows Eight is dreadful. When I, I first played with it, when it first came out, the day it came out. Um, and uh, and and I thought it's got a lot of potential, but there but it's very there's some issues with it. It's very hard to get used to because it's completely different. And wasn't that something everyone was like, "Oh, this is just a preview. They'll fix all that stuff when it comes out." And guess what? Most of that stuff did not get fixed. No. And then I bought the laptop thinking that, oh, well, you know, I'll get used to those little things and it'll be cool. You don't get used to it. It's just badly designed. Some things you just can't get used to. No, it's not a good UI. Microsoft makes UIs. No, they don't. (laughs) No, they try. They 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 sure try. (laughs) Maybe they can hire BlackBerry 10's uh, UI designer for a minute. That's That's what I'm hoping. Google's, you know, they've gotten very good at, at, at perfecting the UI, and that's how they started, you know, with the with the search engine. Well, yeah, and even, I mean, look at the difference between gingerbread and ICS and Jelly Bean. Like, they've gotten dramatically better in in their UI design over the years. And right. w- what was that guy's name, Shane? M- Matthias? Matthias Duarte. I think he had quite a bit to do with it from the polish that ICS seemed to be lacking into this fully polished Jelly Bean system we're, we're all in love with. Or... As this recent article on numbers says, about what sixteen point five percent of us uh, are are happy. That still sucks, though, man. Doesn't it? I mean, I I understand that you you have so many Android devices, and a lot of them are real legacy old hardware, and those are never gonna see an update past past Froyo. But still, sixteen point five percent. That's horrible. And Gingerbread, according this is off of Android Authority, uh, according to them, that uh, was it Froyo or no Gingerbread is still gingerbread. was that two three six two three three to two three seven. So those of us using uh, an old Droid X, like uh, me and Ant, we're on that CM seven, which is two three six, I believe. Yep. And for playing Beyond Pod, like that thing works great. That's all I do with it. <laughs> but man, it's yeah. it's on point, you know. 
Uh, some other numbers, they say ICS has dropped from 29% last month to 28.6%. Nice. And gingerbread still very much in the picture, uh, accounting for 44%, almost half of the OS pie. You know, it, it, this is promising, though. They don't, they don't force you to upgrade. Every no. two years. <laughs> <laughs> What's that called? Planned obsolescence? Planned obsolescence, yes. You know, wasn't it last year at about, I want to say about last summer, we were sitting at about 9% of those devices having um, jelly bean and ice cream sandwich. So, I mean, it, it's definitely improving, but it's still at a, such a slow clip, you know. It's when getting there. The and I mean, horizon. it's all the carriers. When you see... Yeah. This kind of goes Verizon. in. This goes into this other article we have about Verizon's Galaxy Nexus. We talked uh, qu- maybe a month ago about how they were done with it. They were moving on to the next uh, great thing. Just now, they're starting, and this is from a leaked update package suggesting that it's coming. So this may not even be coming soon. But they're finally four point two, and this is yeah. a Nexus device. This is a faux Nexus device because if you'll. If you'll note on the back of the Verizon GNX, it doesn't say Google or Nexus anywhere. Just says Samsung Verizon 4G. Like yep. it's it's faux. And if I didn't, you know, root and ROM this thing, I'd still be stuck back on whatever it is everyone that stock is on. Yeah. And that's it's terrible. Right, right to 4.22. They're going all. They're going catching all the way up too. Well, that's Which good because what are they on? Four point one. Yeah, they're on four one. Four point oh four. That's where it was before <laughs> I jumped. Yeah, they're no, on four one. Yeah. yeah, it's on four one. It's gotta be on four one. And they're saying most of these phones got their first Android four point two update back in November. You know when it first was released. Even the Sprint versions got theirs in January. Uh, if you bought yours from Verizon. Your phone has been stuck on 4.1.1 since September. Uh, This further cements Verizon's reputation as the slowest of the U.S. carriers to test, approve, and distribute Android updates. I'm so glad when I bought my Nexus that day, it was rooted and rhymed at night. Now, what (laughs) what is the difference? It's... Is it o- overlay? Is it UI overlay? Like, what is taking Verizon? Is it their LTE? Like, what is their one particular problem with pushing these updates out in a timely manner? Does anyone know? The Blockbuster app. Is it the Blockbuster <laughs> app? And my Verizon. <laughs> we can't get this. Something to do with LTE. You think the radios? I mean, they, they push well, because out. Because I, I don't think Google can. So. If for some reason, I don't think Google can do the updates that uh, have to do with the LTE stuff that Verizon has to do. That yeah, Verizon pushes radio updates. If you guys are on XDA developers at all, you see every now and then you get a new radio package, and that usually fixes uh, if you're having uh, crappy signal problems or whatever. It, it usually fixes that. But those come from Verizon. Those aren't coming from Google. Right, but I think Verizon has to put some of those drivers back into the code. And I... I that's my impression. That's why the GSM ones are so much quicker. That there's that's not needed. But the LTE stuff, there's something about LTE that needs Verizon's input on. That's why they're so slow. 
And of course, if you guys aren't ROMed or rooted, but you don't want to wait for the OTA, uh, we'll put a link to this in the show notes at attackoftheandroids.com, but you can go to XDA Developer Forum and find a zip file that you can apply to any Verizon Galaxy Nexus running 4.1.1. So. Yeah, this was pretty legit because this is off the Google servers. This wasn't uh, someone hacking around out of China and bringing it right. over. This was off the Google update servers. This comes complete with backdoors from Russia, China, <laughs> anything you want. We got it. I may give it a try um, a day or so. I think uh, regarding... Regarding the uh, Verizon thing, Verizon is a, a retail sales company. Um, they not if they really don't have to put manpower into more research and development to make these updates. All they have to do is push out another hardware device. That's true, right? It's in their best interest to get you onto a new phone, not to be people like me still holding on to our unlimited data plans on a phone that's <laughs> you know over a year and a half, two hey, years bad old. Brother. Right? Do you still have an unlimited plan? You see. <laughs> we'll be on these phones till the day we die. <laughs> oh man. You got an iPhone 5 and you're still unlimited? Yeah, they let they yeah, there was an uproar. They let us uh, keep it. Wow. How did that uproar go? Could you all be the assistant? You be Mike Boudet. <laughs> Hello, thank you for calling Verizon Wireless. How may I help you today? All I did was I clicked the right checkbox. That's all I did. <laughs> That's really it. Went out there and stood there with signs and things. I didn't do he that. He found the Easter egg where you drop a few choice four-letter words to their automated voice system, and it fronts yeah. you right to the line. Like, here you go, I found sir. That bank of servers in China you can use to hack any. any, <laughs> <laughs> DOS, any, any Mike website. is also in security, if you didn't know. <laughs> so to, to <laughs> I sold a botnet just the other day. Weird. Uh, to finish up some of these numbers, we still have 0.2% on Donut, 1.6, uh, 1.9% on Eclair, 7 on Froyo, of course, 44 on Gingerbread, uh, Honeycomb still hanging in there with almost 1%, uh, ICS at 28.6%, and then, of course, Jellybean at right around 15%. So that's that uh is that something mike uh you and your apple friends still make fun of android for is the fragmentation slash choice uh no i mean not not as much as not i mean uh, well i guess initially yes but the, <laughs> the the whole thing is you know everybody's cracking their phones now and everybody has a different flavor of whatever sure would you? What would your ideal? I've never cracked my phone. If uh, if Apple came out with like an iPad Mini that was a phone, also like a big Galaxy Note type of device, no. would that no. be? Dumb. Is that too big? That's dumb. That's stupid. I'm sorry. No. What's your ideal device size? Is the five do it for you? Listen, when when phones weren't this thin, I would kept looking for the smallest and smallest phone. Right, one, I remember that the, the StarTac. Yeah, one of the coolest phones I ever had was this Motorola phone. It was yeah. really bizarre. It had like this this circle screen, and then if you can imagine like sort of a, a tablet piece coming out, and then instead of flipping, it would like flip. It oh, would, I yeah, I remember those. It split. Yeah, yeah. That was the coolest freaking phone ever before the iPhone. And I think they, they, they made a limited quantity, and then they just killed that project. 
And it was thankfully. Just, and then they came out with the Blitz, I think, and it was a square version of that, the Motorola Blitz. <laughs> oh, good times. So, uh, in some Verizon news, Verizon might be, this is off of Android headlines, they might possibly be considering a merger with Vodafone, which would, if that happens, possibly f- uh, form a giant international supercarrier, a destructor, if you will. Uh, now, Vodafone, are, are they just strictly Vod- European or... Vodafone owns... Or are they also in Canada, too? Vodafone already owns 45% of Verizon Wireless. Uh, they're based in Europe. It's the world's second largest wireless company. <laughs> it's the world's second largest wireless company in the world. Sometimes editors don't catch everything. Just saying. <laughs> Uh, measured both, <laughs> measured both in subscribers and in revenues. As of December 2011, the company had 439 million subscribers. Uh, China Mobile, they unsurprisingly take the top spot ahead of Vodafone for the largest wireless company in the world. Uh, over 30 countries, partner networks in over 40 countries, uh, but measured in subscribers in the U.S., Verizon is the top dog. Uh, so they say the relationship between the two companies might be coming to an end soon as Bloomberg reports that the two companies are considering options to resolve this relationship. Uh, there's word that Verizon could well purchase their 45% stake back from Vodafone, but then there's also the other option that they might come together to form the world's largest operator. Uh, I think I would want to buy the stock of the world's largest wireless company in the world. You would or you wouldn't? <laughs> Probably I would I would probably. I don't know. What do I know? Can we? I was gonna say. Can we go back through? What do I know? Can we go back through some of your recent stock picks and uh, see how well? Apple at seven hundred dollars a share, and sold it at four hundred and. What was the last number? (laughs) Yeah, that's painful. I don't know about (laughs) stocks, and that's painful. (laughs) Now, can someone, probably Chris, can you explain why? Vodafone would have a relationship with Verizon if Vodafone is GSM primarily or predominantly versus um, Verizon being all LTE, CDMA. Global carrier status. Easy enough. You got to have a relationship when you travel or when you go global. It's not about your locale anymore or the country anymore. Rogers owns Canada. It's sticky about letting people partner with them. But think about it. If you want to travel and do roaming anywhere, as soon as you leave your home country, you're stuck except Europe. Because in Europe, a lot of those carriers are all over the place, unless smaller ones like three. But when I go over there, you will pick up Vodafone NL, Vodafone in Germany, Vodafone in the UK. You're picking up a single carrier countries, not just, you know, we think of the U.S., picture it multiple countries. So mm-hmm. if they have a relationship here, you now have an ability to have traffic across both continents without having roaming. Sorry, and- sorry. Forgive my ignorance, but is Rogers the only uh, telecom company in Canada? Or? No, there's a couple, but they're the oh. they own it. They're like China, uh, you know, like China Wireless would be. Okay. What Anthony? They, the world, they set the rates. Go ahead. Oh, I thought Anthony had something to say. Um, so is it's more feasible for them to rather than create their own GSM network here, partner with the biggest one that already has infrastructure in place rather than, you know, completely redo everything? 
It's, that, well, it's a half redo, right? You've already got a lot of the stuff there. You've already right. got the presence, the licensing with the FCC. You already have the towers in place. So a lot of the legwork is already done with a partnership like that. You're not coming in from scratch and trying to build your own tower. What Clear does with Sprint, they backbone off of Sprint because right. they're not going to build their own towers. The MVNOs, like uh, Fring or whatever they were called, Ting. Republic and, Wireless. Republic Wireless. Ting. You're talking about Ting, not Fring. Fring is a bad subject on Android. You're talking about Ting. I like Fring. <laughs> I used to like Fring. Yeah, I heard not anymore. People aren't digging it very much anymore. It's I don't use it top, much. But. I can tell you right now it's my top visited post for the past three months is my Fring article just due to the fact of their upgrade and the way they screwed everybody over. Well, let's talk about that after we wrap this up. Uh, if Verizon and Vodafone were to merge, it'd pose the interesting question as to whether or not Vodafone would become Verizon or vice versa. Not only that, but what would become of such a massive worldwide network? And my question, is the FCC going to be down with this? They they weren't very down with, uh, what was it, T- Sprint and T-Mobile? Or who, was it AT&T and T-Mobile? AT&T and T-Mobile. Right, so, and those weren't, they don't seem to be anywhere near as large as, as but, Vodafone. But would this, would that merger restrict, competition within the United States or just create a giant company that operates in and out. Right, that was one of the issues with AT&T and T-Mobile right. that we'd only have three major carriers. Yeah, so it doesn't seem like they would run into that particular issue. but They might have more trouble in Europe. if Right, where Vodafone is more dominant. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, uh, so, yeah, Verizon, they're often portrayed as the bad guy of the wireless industry. Would a merger create an even more powerful force to reckon with? Buying out their percentage from Vodafone would give them more freedom, but it's not as if they don't already command a large amount of the U.S. wireless industry. Verizon, it's the Death Star, man. Pretty much, right? It's uh... No, 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 no. The Death Star and Darth Vader are, are cool. This is more like, I don't know. This is evil for something. the sake of being evil. <laughs> Spaceballs? Is that what it's like? This is like, uh, this is the culmination. This is the culmination of everything Alex Jones has ever been and ever will be afraid of. This is it. So, all right, uh, let's talk about some apps. Uh, Chris, what happened with Fring? They, and Anthony even commented long ago on this post, but they changed and updated their platform, and I actually got a comment from Fring directly, the director of product. <laughs> found my blog post, and here's what he said to it. They moved to a new near-telco-grade platform. Uh, there's some glitches and bugs, but they're working around the clock to fix it regarding the minimum SIP charge. So what they did is they took your account and moved it, but in order to access previous Fring-out money you had, you had to up your Fring-out money in the account. I mean, if you had $2 left, their minimum now is like 10 So you had to give them $8 more dollars. And they moved their uh, user lookup with a Facebook integration, which was a problem as well. Mm. Uh, people lost their f- contacts. They lost you know, the people they were communicating with. The free fring out calls stopped working a lot of the times. I think Anthony noted that. They said, uh, regarding the minimum SIP charge, after several years of providing free support of other SIP services, Fring is centralizing all SIP service via fring out, which enables you, us to provide better rates, better service, and better support. So if you go down through the comments to summarize, uh, one guy said, take your right hand, slap it against your forehead. Uh, you're losing me after two years that did buy service from you, uh, you know, piecemeal, basically, as I needed to buy service. I'm now locked out because of the new Simpler Faster, which now required, here's the big kicker, before it was a username and password, they verified your phone number. No one wanted to verify their phone number with the service either, so they lost a ton of users when they moved to that verification process. It had to be tied to your number. You couldn't use it as an account. 
So that's the good summary of what they did. Wow. Can I be perfectly honest with you guys? When you said Fring, I thought you were talking about Thing, the network tool. And that's why I was like, what What happened with Thing? <laughs> so my bad, but great great uh, outline of, of Fring. And that's the phone call making voice. Uh, what's it like? Groove IP? It's that type of thing? No. No? Not okay. Anymore. I have no idea what Fring is. And moving on. <laughs> No, it was like, like kind of like what we're on right now, right? Google Hangouts, sort of. Spring was like Trillion with video. Correct. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, it was a big deal when Skype blocked them too, because uh, at least it, for a while on Android, Spring was the only way you could do video calls. Just went on Skype until they released the Android app. Which now, if you want to do that, you just use GChat anyway, or Hangouts, or whatever. Yeah. So the comments are probably the best part of that that people said. It was uh, oh, people were upset overall, and I still get people looking for it because they've upgraded, and a lot of people are going back to the old version, so they don't have to verify their phone numbers. And they can still use the service. Otherwise, you lose your credits too. Nice. We'll put a link to it in the show notes to your uh, write up on it, uh, attackoftheandroids dot com. Uh, speaking of apps and developers that have just pissed uh, people off. TweetDeck is getting dropped by Twitter for iOS, Android, and Facebook. Uh, if you guys know, TweetDeck used to be kind of awesome, much like Seismic used to be kind of awesome before Hootsuite bought them. Now I use Twit- TweetCaster. But uh, anyway, Twitter acquired TweetDeck back in uh, 2011, and since then the service has grown as a way to organize tweets into manageable threads and lists. But according to a post today via the next web, Twitter is killing off TweetDeck on mobile devices and Facebook as of May. Uh, does anybody here still use or used to use uh, TweetDeck at all? I used to use the hell out of it. Really? It was good, right? For a nice web. Did you use the web interface or what What was well, your as, thing? As a marketer, you can really spam the hell out of Twitter with it. <laughs> yeah. So... I don't know if that's in Twitter's best interest. You were using that when I was probably using Seismic Web, and it was just a nice platform that you could open up on your computer that had all of your different Twitter accounts, and you could schedule posts to be tossed. You could throw Facebook in there. I mean, it was just like a a central dashboard. Tweet adder. And Google Buzz, right? Yeah. If you want to spam (laughs) Twitter, tweet adders, it's it. That's what you want. Yep. Yeah, I use uh, I use TweetDeck for Chrome, the Chrome app right now. Um, they abandoned the mobile apps years ago, so it's no big loss that those are gone. Oh, there's a Chrome app. Yeah, if you go to the Chrome Web Store, there's a specific Chrome app. That's what they're focusing on: the web and the Chrome app. They're killing iOS, Android, and the Adobe Air. Which I don't know why you'd want to use the Adobe Air versions if you could use the web version. I wouldn't use anything Adobe if you can help it. <laughs> them yeah. and Java just getting the pants hacked off of them. I mean, left and right. Java zero days just, oh my goodness. Twitter's just. I am curious. Decides to make the next Photoshop. That's it. Right. I do enjoy Photoshop am, Touch. What, Anthony? I am curious though because um, O'Brien from uh, Modico he created like a fourth version of TweetDeck. And I'm curious if that will work instead of TweetDeck when they kill TweetDeck. Right. It depends if they kill the main APIs that feed it, right? Or how? Yeah, if they don't update the app. The app has not been updated in eight months. Um, and right. 
Because they have a new API will be gone. They have a new thing. I noticed with uh, Tweetcaster. I use it on my on my Galaxy Nexus and my Nexus 10. I love this thing. And they added a new thing that says if you don't update the app because Twitter updated the API, it's going to stop working. But on the other side of that, when you updated it, if you're on Wi-Fi on your phone or your tablet, it does live streaming tweets now. So you can just sit there and rather having to pull down to refresh, it just auto does it. It's like push. It's really yeah, nice how it works. There's big problems with that though. Really? There's, Mine works great. but um, no, it's not that it works great. As it's far as the API the, calls or overloading? The API calls, and if you run multiple clients, ah. you, can, you can stream over your API limit for the hour, and you're totally screwed. So they so, didn't adjust the API call limit when they... Why is that? You'd think they would... No. They, so there's fewer and Because that's a cool that feature, have, right? Yeah, but I there's mean, fewer companies that have Firehose access right now. True. Twitter keeps trimming that down, getting rid of third-party vendors, buying up the clients they don't want to compete. They want you to use one look and feel across them all, and they want to right. own them. But they've also been knocking off access. They want to sell ads on it. Right. Or they've been restricting access, smaller amounts, to these companies that are still writing apps across the API. It's harder and harder to get a full Firehose access to do any real you know, Twitter client type stuff. Which is crappy because – oh, go ahead, Anthony. I'm sorry. And, and with the tokens, uh, there was a company that was begging on Google Play to please, if you're not using the app, make sure you go to Twitter and take the token off so they can give it to somebody else. Falcon Pro, I think it was it. Oh yeah, that's right, Falcon. Yeah, they're they're, they're they raised the app to like one hundred and thirty dollars to uh, to dissuade people from uh, from buying it. Wow. And I think Carbon is another app that we talked about a little bit. Yeah. That's probably going to run up against that limit pretty soon. But the tw- the Twitter universe is going to be very very. Well, aren't they eating themselves? Like, the more they do this, nobody's going to want to use the platform to develop on. Or maybe that's what they want. They want to do the development and say, here, you're going to use what we create and screw all the third-party developers that we built our business on the backs of. Uh, so, so their whole thing is they want to be able to sell ads on it, advertising and all that. If you allowed... Apps. If you have, if you change your restrictions to um, have to use the ads API or something like that, so you, you the clients have to show ads and stuff like that. Um, I think that would be that would have been a much smarter way to go because now we're all dependent on crappy, uh, plat, you know, crappy apps for Android and all the innovation that people like Falcon Pro and all that do. It's just going nowhere. It's stupid. Twitter. Can I say something? Twitter is never going to go away because Twitter is the platform for narcissists. That's a good point. Watch any TV show ever. Yeah. Everybody on TV is a narcissist. And everybody everybody has their hashtags. We got to tweet that. I'm tweeting that hashtag, (laughs) hashtag, hashtag. Ever. That's a good point. It, it, they've kind of made themselves more than this niche of microblogging. Like, they made themselves the heartbeat of the internet. And we're seeing that more and more with these studies coming out showing that uh, you can basically detect the mood of a given region based on a sampling of Twitter posts from that area. It's, it's crazy how much... For, Facebook is for conversation. Twitter is for having people listen to what you have to say. Twitter is that. a mouthpiece to yell into. It's like a, my, a megaphone. I think I heard uh, Twit make that. 
comparison. Twitter's like a megaphone that you're just, everyone's yelling into, blah, 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 blah. And then your Facebook or Google Plus is more for, I'm going to yell, but maybe you guys are going to yell back and we're going to do do this thing. It can be. It can be. Go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, one thing that you never hear anybody mention anymore, let Anthony finish this, Everyone keeps saying, why 140? Why 140? Twitter is the only social network that exists that is built specifically for SMS on telephone. SMS was 160, was it not? Yeah, but that also, the 20 character, your, here's the catch. Right. Because your username was 15 characters, exactly. plus the ad, plus a the thing. They built it for SMS, and everyone overlooks the fact that they designed it out the gates to work on any phone, any device, any party service that uses SMS carrier as well as web yep. when, they, when they came out the door. And it's, I mean, you see the power of it in places where, you know, broadband drops and all you have is this very narrow pipe to get, you know, a, an SOS or something out of and, and yeah. you can do it that yeah. way. Well, it's only here, though, that they have a short code. That's the problem. Right. Oh, really? 40404. It's the only place they have the short code. Yep. For text uh, mobile. My bank has one, too. Mm-hmm. Text little commands. And Twitter, Twitter for some or for me, I like it as a con- consumption device. I actually go to Twitter and I just look at my list and I read the news that's coming to me. Um, I think uh, Robert Scoble mentioned about that before. How it's now? It used to be you for the news feed. Yeah, you don't have to go out to grab anything. Well, that's what Jeff, Jeff Jarvis calls it, the hyper-personal news stream. And that's more times than not when I hear about something like the Russian meteor. That was a perfect example. The very first spot I heard that was when I was outside having a smoke break, and I just browsed through my Tweetcaster, and there it was. And I was like, wow. And, I mean, more times than not, that's where you hear about stuff. And it's, it's also an great. amazing real-time news device. I mean, absolutely. But it depends on who you're following. You also have to curate it to your taste. But if you do that, you run the risk of being trapped inside that filter bubble. Let, also. Me, let me give you my let me give my dad as an example who I introduced, I think, a year ago when he was sitting in, you know, hospital stuff. He only follows five accounts. Breaking news, CNN, uh, MSNBC and something else. It is his living news feed. I mean, he doesn't care about the social stuff and that. He just follows news and he sees it all day long and he's as happy as can be with five or six different accounts. And he gets it probably slower than we would because of people you follow and, you know, retweets. They, you know, verify it first and make it a news item. But right. that's all he uses it for is a news stream. And what I... I Twitter as soon for as news, I hear... Sorry. Good, say, my problem with Twitter for news is that it, it, it seems to be very good at showing you that something's happening, yeah, something yeah. important. But never actually what's happening. So with all these school shootings and, and other shootings, almost all the information put out in the first two hours is wrong. Well, that's though. And, that's hold on. That's a problem in journalism, especially online journalism, where everyone's trying to be first. They worry about getting their sh- stuff out there, and then we'll go back and fact check it and but, fix it. But whoever's but first thing, gets those clicks. Don't care about who's first. About about who's who's. Like, no, it's when, an old model, right? It's built on that old model of when they were they there, right and everyone answer. ran to the payphone to get it to to the wire to get it to the press. You know, but they have to double check it because they can't put it out there if it's not double checked. So, well, that's the difference between our online journalism bloggers or whatever and your mainstream. But you see the mainstream doing this more and more. But everybody, everybody else jumps to Twitter. And looks for what's actually happening before, you know, CNN reports it. 
because they have to double check their sources. Well, and that's a habit we should all be into as good skeptical, critical thinking people, critically thinking people is that you get it from one spot, you double check and you triple check. And if your BS meter goes off, you check it again. You know, you, you go to sources that you trust, like uh, Andy Carvin was a perfect example of this. He curated this feed of people that he knew lived in this place that he could go to and say, Hey, what's going on? Were there really bombs dropping tonight? What, you know, and, and through his curation, he was able to get those sources checked and double checked. And it worked out really, really well for him. He's got a book coming out all about it. It's really interesting. Well, I don't think we're talking about. Anyway, I never did use tweet. Sorry for <laughs> no, that was, that was good. Good discussion. Fascinating how we, how we get our news these days. It's amazing. Yeah. And I, I like uh, back in the day, I, I used apps like my sixth sense that would on top of my own curation would use digital algorithms based on what I looked at, what I clicked on, what I opened, what I shared, and it would put that all in and it would give you what it thought you wanted to see from all of the feeds you fed into it. And it worked really so that. perfectly. I love that app. I wish they'd update it. What do you, right. what? I'm, I'm feeling really, I had to get my uh, screen out again. Cause all you guys got your screens up on your mics. I was feeling a little. <laughs> Were your peas not as soft? I, was, I felt like I was having pop issues. I had to get my screen filter back out again. I was no, like, you got that high end high old mic, so you you don't need it. <laughs> no, don't even look at headphone guy, Anthony. I know he's on a uh, he's on a quattro with a. <laughs> That's awesome. Hangouts via phone. I'm gonna send Anthony these right here. These are headphones. He gets the big headphones on. There you go. <laughs> uh, I, I hate big headphones. I need to hear around me also. I, I don't like only hearing one thing. I get claustrophobic <laughs> and I can't breathe. That's what he does. I'm having a full panty attack right Household phobic, right? He's household phobic. Some kid jump on him or something like that. Right? <laughs> Who's that looking through your window? Weird. <laughs> <laughs> so wrong. so uh, to wrap this up Twitter also mentioned that TweetDeck's mobile apps rely on Twitter's version 1 API like we mentioned which is phasing out this month desktop clients as of the writing of this over on IGN.com uh, should continue to work the mobile and air versions of TweetDeck will go dark uh, in May additionally the removal of TweetDeck functionality from Facebook is yet another incidence of the two social media giants Poking. <laughs> nice, Matt Clark. Poking at one another. <laughs> so, right. there's that. Uh, I'm glad we have Mike Boudet uh, with us this evening because there was an uh, interesting article in the doc about Andy Anago and why he switched from iPhone to Android. Ant, did you put this in the doc? I did not, but oh. I saw it when I first um, Who put saw that the doc earlier. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait! India Nako, the guy that makes the iPhone shows for Twitch. Yes, yes, the 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 Mac Break Weekly guy. That's him. Wow! And he wrote it up. Hold on, I, I, let me let me pull this thing up here. Since Matt you says know, I put it in there, that's crazy. I'm telling you, man, I bought the stock at 700. Sorry, dog barking <laughs> problems. Uh, but Andy Nako writes about a month and a half ago. I walked into an AT&T store handed over my iPhone 4S and asked to be switched from my unlimited iPhone data plan to a new LTE plan. 
I bought. Why the does f- he only have an iPhone 4s? Because I don't know. He he wasn't grandfather. He wasn't able to go on there and pimp. A oh, hold iPhone on. Five and unlimited like you were. It says I bought the first generation iPhone and I bought it early during a brief and wonderful window before AT and T realized that offering an unlimited data plan on what would prove to be the greatest mobile internet device ever created was a terrible idea. Those of us who still had unlimited iPhone data could keep it so long as we didn't make any changes to our service. And that's kind of where we're at uh, on, on Verizon as well. Uh, the LTE data plan, in contrast, includes a monthly cap of 5 gigs. Uh, he says, I'm telling you all of this to make an impression. I wouldn't have given up unlimited data unless I could swap it for something I wanted even more than the ability to stream Netflix 24-7 something that hadn't existed during my previous five years as an iPhone owner. Uh, He says things have changed. Uh, He says one of the sweet benefits of being a tech columnist is I get to try out every new significant phone for a month or so. Time after time last year, I'd pack up and send back another flagship Android phone, switch back to my iPhone exclusively, and spend the following few weeks missing a great feature of the Android phone's hardware or OS that I'd come to rely on during my testing. Uh, By the end of the year, the idea of continuing to use an iPhone exclusively or even as my primary phone was no longer appealing. That's why I willingly parted with my unlimited data plan. On my new LTE plan, I can swap my iPhone SIM with other phones and get the high speeds all of the other digital features of the AT&T network. Uh, Go ahead. That's just like when I was talking to Guy Kawasaki about why he changed. It was simply just because of he needed certain things that the iPhone did not provide. And he just made it a, a mental business change. Was so no, it's, it's not you know, so much network capabilities or anything like that. It's just what they want to do on the device. Mike, you're shaking your head. What do you think? I'm looking at the picture in the article that you're talking about. And the, uh, the phone that he's holding up looks like a piece of crap compared to the iPhone 5 that's sitting on the table. <laughs> it kind of looks like a... Even, even what he had. He didn't even have an iPhone 5. He had an iPhone 4S. Okay? Well, I mean, whatever <laughs> he's holding his hand. Listen to me. I'm, I'm, I'm sexy, okay? I, I demand sexy. I like sexy. My phone is sexy, okay? No argument here. Uh, I'm speechless. That's all I got to say. <laughs> that's all I got to say. I need a phone that, that is that, that's sexy. This is look at this. That's now, what about Samsung? Everyone says Samsung's making sexy phones. I mean, can you tell me that looking at yours and then looking at this that's that's not sexy? No, I've seen the I've, I've seen the Samsungs and the design in terms of the just look of it looks looks pretty nice. I mean, I love the, this. Just, it's with blank. There's nothing there. It's curved yeah. slightly to fit my yeah. my leg here. It's I don't know. No complaints. Like iPhone three G. I uh, I haven't played with it. I just gotta say, you know, it's gotta it's gotta feel right. It's gotta it's gotta be thin. It's gotta be light. It's gotta look, have a great screen that that just looks amazing. I, I can't great. disagree with you. That, that the phone does have to look good. I, I can't disagree there. And that phone there, even if that's not, I don't even know if that's him or not. But that looks like an old LG phone. Right. I don't know what that is. You know, and the LG phones are not sexy. That's stock art, I think. Basically, right. <laughs> so, but yeah, no. I mean, my point is, I think Apple's very good about ergonomics and design, and they have been up until now. We have a brand new leader. 
I don't know what's going to happen from now on. Would so. you think, though, that's because back in the day there was so much to be improved on and now everyone's pretty much no, done but, it? But the thing is, everybody knew what needed to be done and nobody did it. Motorola, I worked at Motorola. Motorola, for years, had the opportunity to, to be the next Apple. And they chose to make Boost mobile phones and... And, uh, and Moto Blur. <laughs> I used to love their hardware. I, I know! The first droid was amazing that for what it was. That was them. StarTac. <laughs> and the StarTac. I mean, they made good stuff. The X phone will be interesting if if they they do that right. Because I've always, like, like Ann, I've always loved the Motorola hardware. Even going from the Droid X to the Galaxy Nexus, like I've said before, it feels plasticky. It felt cheap. It did, right? It felt yeah. the plastic back. I just, I don't know, man. I felt like, mm-hmm. like this? What is, what is this? I'm going to break yeah. this, you know? But it's ended up for what this phone's gone through and for how, like, it's it's been a good phone. Minus yeah. the, the OS I had to rip off of it, but, you know. Oh, that was a given. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I did that to, to the Droid X because Moto Blur was so amazing, yeah. <laughs> you know? This, like, score one for the good guys over here. But so he, he goes through and he lists, like, the better keyboards, like we've mentioned, killer features. Uh, he says it's li- it's nice to, to access and adjust hardware settings right from the status bar. Uh, Siri will send a message or create an appointment no matter how I phrase the request. I say it and Siri just plain does it. Noted and noted, but these little nitpicky feature comparisons were not a major influence on my choice. Uh, four broad, unique features about Android 4X and the Galaxy S3. Uh, he liked the the screen size, uh, better keyboards, and screen size. <laughs> so, <laughs> screen size, better keyboards, and screen size. <laughs> and menu accesses, you know, through that notification, I guess. That right, which is too. awesome. It's definitely, definitely uh, the way to go. But, eh, you know, tech writers always, I mean, this, this happens, so. What, what is this, Mike, you, you bring up about iPhone fans and uh, oh, Windows the phone? IPhone, just the Windows 8 on the phone. What do you think of Windows 8 phones? At all? I don't know. Because I, I played with Windows 8 briefly, and it was very disappointed. Would it be better on a phone, tablet type of uh, interfa- uh, device? I think that if you design a, a, a desktop interface on a, a mobile phone, it's going to fail. Well, didn't we yeah. see that with the old Windows mobiles on, like, the old Vogue I used to have? Like, that, that was the worst interface ever. Motorola Q. Windows Mobile 5.0. Ooh. You know, yeah, that, I, that's what this one thing, of the phones I This had. thing right here, man. Just, just cut it out. Just stop. Just, just cut it out. Do you remember how amazing these were? And yeah. you, you would drag up from the Verizon, and it would bring up this cube all laggy and gl- oh, it was amazing. <laughs> and if you really wanted to look cool, it had a stylus, so you could yeah. take your notes with it. Derp, de derp, de derp. Hey, by the way, can I, can I just say something real quick for the for the looking cool part of that? What do you guys think of Google Glass? I think it's going to be odd at first, but if they do the augmented reality in a way that is smooth and seamless, I think it has a lot of potential. Rev 1 is probably going to be crap because everyone is hyping it up 
to be yep. what they want it to be. So when it comes out and it's like, well, you can take pictures. Like Jetsons, right? Yeah, exactly, right? It's like, well, Rev1, you can take pictures and video and nav, and that's about it. <laughs> but if if <laughs> I can play version two. if I can play Ingress using them, that will be awesome. If I can do true augmented reality like Lair, what they tried to do, or WikiTude, they tried to do it, it sucks holding up your phone to use you that camera. You can watch porn at the same time. I know! <laughs> and you can get information on your actresses and actors if need be, and you can rate it on, I, on you know, whatever. <laughs> She's most noted for doggy style. <laughs> <laughs> Did you mean doggy style? Snoop Dogg's doggy style album on Google Play? Like, yeah. <laughs> That's what I meant. <laughs> Rolling down the street, smoking oh, and uh, so uh what do you think about it, Mike? Being an Apple guy, I, like I'm so excited about it in terms of like that whole <laughs> Step towards uh, half Android, half human sort of. The singularity, ball. right? You want the singularity yeah. to. I do. I so want. I do too. But, and then the, and then Apple stock is at four hundred because they haven't come up with the <laughs> Apple Watch. Like that's the thing that anybody's gonna wear. That's well, let's talk the about the watch part. thing. Are are you guys as oh, Apple Watch? Are you guys as into the watch thing as you might be the glass? No. The watch is that. just an extension of your notification fatigue, right? It's stupid. It's a stupid idea. The Apple Glass at least has some sort of like, okay, that's sort of like your main. It's a heads-up display. It's a Metroid Prime helmet, Samus Aran style, heads-up display. Private heads-up display. Right. That you have all the time. Awesome. If you can get that to work right. It'd be cool if it came with the Samus Aran various suit as well to accentuate my jumps <laughs> and my cannon capabilities and rolling into a ball and dropping bombs. That'd be awesome. But, you know. I don't want to drop bombs. I'm just dropping bombs. I, I really don't want to wear glasses again. I don't want to wear glasses <laughs> No, it evolves into a contact. That's the three S. That's what Kurzweil predicted in the Age of Spiritual Machines, is that the first iteration was going to be glasses that fed us the signals and gave us augmented reality. We all got used to it. Version Version 2 was better glass. Version 3 was lenticular contacts that you put on and gave you a fully immersive uh, experience. Okay. Apple, sell. Google, buy. (laughs) Next year's earnings, do it. There you go. Stock tip of the night from Mike Boudet. You can I mean, send, enough, send all your Apple hate mail. What's that, Anthony? The Apple Watch, the Apple Watch would actually be something that you would actually wear, and it wouldn't stand out. It would be an accessory that you already use. Uh, Google Glasses or Google Glass would be something that you're adding to your lifestyle. Right, it's an extension. It's an extension peripheral. Now, watches were cool back in the late 80s when Dick Tracy came out, but... Not really, and even Inspector Gadget had one. I'd be oh, happy. I'd be happy with the Invader Zim backpack personally, but that's just me. So, I want a watch. Really, I don't like wearing watches anymore. Are you really gonna do this? No, I over. Don't, I don't want a watch to talk into it, but I want a functional watch. You know, Aunt Pruitt, what's your twenty over Google Latitude? <laughs> <laughs> like, stop bugging me. Damn, you have a watch. It's called your phone. Yeah. I have a clock. No, and I agree. And it's I, called I a phone. I have that in my pocket and can pull it out. But I, I do miss 
just looking looking down at my wrist to check my uh, to check. I miss time. CDs, man. <laughs> <laughs> I miss the Sony Walkman, bro. I mean, come on. <laughs> I don't miss them. I still have those. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> that's good stuff. All right, uh, before we do app picks, do you guys want to mention that uh, Microsoft added Android support to the Windows Azure mobile services? Uh, Chris Miller, you were talking about how the BlackBerry Enterprise server kind of handles all of these. Is this Microsoft's first step in trying to incorporate more platforms into its service? Yeah, but that's different. What we were talking about was how they have a management platform for the device, right? A security management platform. Is that, that not is, what this is? Oh, okay. This is not. This is providing access to their material through other platforms. So here, access SkyDrive eventually, access Microsoft services using your Android, you know, just like any other services doing Dropbox is multi-platform. Right. Oh, okay. Multi-platform. I see. It's a nice move, but will it be worthwhile? How many people are going to use something else when you already have Dropbox on your Android phone? Right. They say developers who are interested in getting started with connecting their Android apps to Azure can find a tutorial here on TechCrunch. We'll put a link to it in the show notes at taggingtheandroids.com uh, and on Microsoft's Channel 9, of course, the video site for developers. If you guys are familiar with that, you'll know. Uh, with this update, Microsoft is also expanding mobile services reach to the East Asia region. All of our East Asian fans and Eric Finkenbeer will be happy to hear that. Uh, these enhancements to Azure mobile services are part of a wider Azure update that includes support for creating and maintaining SQL, uh, reporting services, Active Directory integration, availability monitoring, and other enhancements across the platform. So, like I said, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. You guys can check it out if that's your thing. Is that any of our things? <laughs> Azure? No? Mine either. I'm still stuck on the, on the Google Glasses. We're all going to be FUD heads. Personal heads-up display heads. That'll be all great. I can, all I can picture is walking down the street and it's seeing Matt and a picture comes up and it says, he owes you money. <laughs> <laughs> Time to the pay facial, the server bill for the month. The facial recognition kicks in. That guy over there, he's wanted. Nope, turn the other way. There's, Sex you know, offender. Ding. Moving on. <laughs> we did, though. How long did it take humanity to get used to people talking on their Bluetooth? Like, uh, talking to yourself? Or are you talking to me? He's like, no, I'm on the phone. It's, it's Have you fine. seen the gloves? The new Bluetooth gloves, they have them on, like, Think Geek. I've seen yeah, the Nintendo seen Power Glove. You do this. You actually do this, and it activates the phone for Bluetooth. <laughs> I've seen Some that. people know that you're in the phone signal move. You Nobody's going to be doing this. Matt, I sent the, the video of uh, the Google Glass to Eddie. He was like, I'm not wearing that. <laughs> I'm not ever, ever <laughs> wearing that. Ever, ever, no matter what. Like, you could kill me. I'm I just got LASIK, so I don't have to wear <laughs> Like... I'm definitely not wearing that. I'm getting uh, notifications that my ingress portals are being destroyed right now, so we probably better wrap this up. <laughs> Damn ingress. All right. That was yesterday for me. Was it? We're back. Yeah, we're back online now. Oh, nice. We're all blue here, but they're starting to take it back, so we'll see. I'm almost level six, though, so I'll be dropping Gosh, mad, mad, so mad bombs. All right, uh, app picks. Ant, you got an app pick for us this evening? Ubuntu Touch. Gonna say that's not an app. <laughs> Gonna say that's not even an operating system yet. <laughs> As Eric no, Finkenbeiner described it over on a GNU domain.net, it's like a model home. <laughs> you can it go is. in it and it looks nice, but don't try to eat the grapes because they're fake. No. No. Is that really your app pick? app pick? Such a no, cop out. I don't have one. I'm okay. sorry. That's fine. Ubuntu <laughs> Touch for none of our listeners that will be trying that out. 
Yeah, they will. They'll flash it. This Nobody's weekend. gonna touch that thing. Ask Seth. Ask Seth Herringer. Nothing. Nothing. All right, Anthony. Do you have a app pick for us by chance? Ah, uh, sure. Um, the app that I give you love and put on every phone that I have is uh, called Folder Sync, where it uh, connects from your uh, SD card and your internal memory, and it syncs it with the remote uh, clouds, uh, Google Drive, uh, Dropbox, Box probably some other ones, but I only use three. And it sets so that it can do a schedule, it can do it automatically. Um, it can delete what's on your SD card and throw it up in there and keep it there. <clears throat> as well as it's a file manager. So I can actually use that instead of having Box app installed and having Google Drive app installed. I just use PhotoSync to manage my files as well as sync them. Well, that's pretty cool. I've never heard of that one there. I just well, pulled it up in the Play Store. We're all searching. I uh, know. Yeah, what's what's it called? I already got it. <laughs> I already what? got it. Folder store. sync. They got a yeah. light. They got a light in a in a full version. Good stuff. Yeah, I think I paid for the full because I liked it so much. I just had to, you know, reward the developer for a good job. That's all right, bro. How much is it? Two ninety nine. Two ninety nine. <laughs> it's like a BlackBerry app. What are you doing over there? <laughs> what I is really this? Like it. iOS. It I mean, I can offload, if I have a phone that I'm using that has low memory, whatever I create, video, pictures, whatever, it'll offload it, throw it up in the cloud so I can look at it later. How is that different than Dropbox? It does it automatically. SugarSync, Dropbox, Ubuntu One, Bots.net, LiveDrive, HiDrive, Google Docs. Man, they got a crap ton in here. Yeah. All right. I actually use Ubuntu One. Yeah, yeah, and the plus it would actually, if you have a phone with two uh, memories, like an internal memory as well as an SD card, it will right. automatically move anything from the internal to your SD card. Oh, that's cool. That's hot there. So if you're on like an old Howie Ascend or something that's constantly running out of memory, uh, this might uh, save you. Yeah, that's the first. That's the first phone I rooted. Second phone I rooted. Howie, Howie Ascend. Ascend? <laughs> I rooted that baby. Nice. My girlfriend has mad problems with that phone. Oh, you got to root it. <laughs> yeah, you got to root it. We couldn't find any good ROMs for it, though. There was, like, nobody developing for it. Yeah. You're saying a what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Howie? A cent? I don't know what that means. All right, uh, Chris Miller, you got an app pick for us, by chance? I'm loading Folder Sync. What are you... Okay, never mind. I'll All right. right. <laughs> uh, Two picks for Folder Sync. Uh, no, uh, Catch. I actually use this one on Android. It's just called Catch, C-A-T-C-H, and it is a... It's like Evernote for Android. So you have a idea private idea area. You have an idea area that stores all your notes. You can even create a space and invite friends. So what you're able to do is have an area where you can start sharing files and ideas uh, as well as private things. You can give it a name. You get free spaces on the free account. You get a couple free spaces that are available besides your private. You always get private. So I thought, also... I thought Evernote was Evernote for Android. I hate Evernote. It, uh, okay. I, Did know, you see their Evernote. security uh, leak <laughs> over the weekend? Well, forget security leak. That's bad enough. But this one will also let you uh, create snippets of web pages or things when you're browsing. So Catch is a pretty cool app. It's free uh, for the you know like the light version that they have. But all your private ideas you can always store. It's uh, notes and things like that. It's pretty cool. And it oh it'll do audio, voice, pictures, uh, timing stuff, checklists. You have a little wheel that rotates to let you decide on exactly what type of note that you want to capture. So it's called Catch. Very cool. Catch. You catch. All right, uh, Mike Boudet, you got a an Android or iOS app pick for us? Ingress portals. 
What? <laughs> what the hell are resonators? I don't understand this. <laughs> uh, you don't have to either. We don't. We don't understand it either. We play the game. Yeah, sorry, they're not out for BlackBerry or iOS, so I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I, I have it right here. Oh, what yes, are you playing that on? I don't know, but it sucks. Whatever it is. Are you on an yeah. emulator playing Ingress? Are you got to be on? Are you kidding me? Nope. Right. Ingress portals right there. Oh yeah, that's malware. <laughs> You're not jailbroke, are you? Because I would definitely wipe that thing right now. So what do I get with the free version of this thing, uh, of this folder sync light? Does anyone know what I don't get? Uh, oh, I can compare. Ads? I, I'm just I immediately bought folder it. Sync, folder sync for the full version. It said if you're rooted, you can get to read-only access to protected file system. Huh. Well, this, this idiot that made the comment. The second guy says he uh, synced his Google documents and had it cross-sync or whatever, and it converted all his Google Docs because he checked the box, and it made them all unreadable. <laughs> he, lost, he lost everything in his Google Doc. Oh. Well, I think I'll stick with Evernote and Google Docs, but cool app pick, Anthony, definitely. <laughs> well, don't, don't check the box that says convert your Google Docs. I think that is a key thing is not checking that Not to check the box, dude. <laughs> If you don't know what it does, don't check the box. But I gotta click it. RTFM. I gotta <laughs> click it though. Social engineering. I got fished. I got to click that link. <laughs> I got a good one too. We'll talk about on Yats tomorrow. That was a, a very well crafted, very very sneaky uh, piece of social engineering uh, spear phishing. So right. we'll yeah, share that on nice. on yet Can another tech show tomorrow evening. I want to share Anthony's thing. Uh, the light version. I read what it does now. Finally, the light version. Uh, only allows two accounts and has no sync filters or Tasker support. Ah, Tasker, another good app, I believe, has been picked on on the show. All right, uh, Mike, you got a app pick for us? Yeah, okay, all right, a real one. Uh, gaming, you like Candy Crush? I like Candy Land. Candy Crush is a is a game. It's very much based on um, uh, Bejeweled, which is oh. my favorite uh, game that I play while I'm taking a. Uh, yeah, yes. Number two. A uh, yes. A <laughs> so, yes. After he's drank a bunch of those mandroid teenies over there. This is a social game. And so my wife uh, has bothered the crap out of me with the requests for new lives to play this game. Oh, goodness. Stick to it. Now I'm, now I'm, I'm, I can't stop. So, uh, fun game. Candy Crush. Good stuff. All right, uh, I got an app pick. If you're sick of using Chrome or browser... Uh, or whatever. Opera just updated their mobile app. Uh, they also have a beta that you can check out, but it's not available for the Galaxy Nexus for some reason. But the regular Opera mobile browser is. Uh, I did a, a browser review quite a long time ago when I wrote for GroovyPost.com, and Opera was one of the faster browsers uh, next to Dolphin. Uh, but I don't know. I always use Chrome, but Chrome is, I don't know, man. It's it's good, but it's kind of slow here and there, you know? But it does sync everything across all of my devices, which I like, so I don't that's know. That's the convenience factor. It, exactly. I'll take so that's, a second of lag for that. Exactly. It so, knows everything you're doing at all times across multiple devices. Right, and you know what? That takes up CPU forever. cycles. Forever. Always and forever. <laughs> Have you ever gone through your Google dashboard? Some interesting info in there. Google knew stuff about me I didn't even know about me. I was like having a psych therapy session or something. But anyway, if you want to try out a new uh, different browser, Opera Web Mobile just got updated, and it's uh, it's pretty slick. It's it's quick. 
Uh, we'll show you just how quick, if I can type, of the androids.com. Oh, he's Go. typing on air, folks. Boom. And it loads. It doesn't have that textile keyboard. And there, <laughs> I know. And there it is. So you can check it out. I'm sure if you double tap, it brings you zoom. You can zoom in, zoom out, whatever. So, yeah, I don't know. Just another web browser. Opera Mobile. That's my cop-out app pick for the week. So, uh, all right. Well, thank you guys so much. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. Aunt Pruitt, where can people find you? Find me on Twitter at I have no life as well as uh, <laughs> I forgot the handle. <laughs> it's a as good well handle. As Google Plus at Aunt Pruitt and um, a new domain dot, dot com and Dell Tech Page One. And definitely check out the smartphone photographer community on Google Plus yep. and check out our hangouts every Thursday evening. So, yep. uh, Anthony Farrier, where can people find you at? Yes, um, rnandroid.com, rnandroid on Facebook, rnandroid on Google Plus, rnandroid on Twitter. Very cool. Are you an Android? Uh, Chris Miller, where can uh, people. Yeah, easy enough. Find me at I Do Notes on Everything and check out all the shows on Spike Studio. There's uh, quite a few now. Very cool. Mike Boudet, any podcasts you'd like to plug or whatever? <laughs> uh, Amibuggingyou.com. Am I bugging you? Search for that or Mike Boudet, spelled B-O-U-D-E-T. And definitely, definitely check out ambugginyou.com. He does a very, very funny comedy show uh, with this guy named Eddie. <laughs> and uh, if, if you're into stuff like the jam hole, it, it, you probably won't like it because he's funny. But definitely, <laughs> uh, definitely check it out. Am I bugging you? It's great, great podcast. It's like uh, once uh, every two months, I believe. <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing in the mic. I they, just they come out every holiday. Site. We've lost Ant. Mute his I'm mic. Sorry. Done. <clears throat> so if you go to amibuggingyou.com right now, here's uh here's a little a little sample of what you'll see. Take down the site. And I gotta say, episode sixty two lumberjack, great episode. <laughs> so and I, I like his design. Look how nice and clean that is. I mean, it just, boom. <laughs> the Ghost Jack. If you guys want to know what the Ghost Jack is, check it out. Oh, Am man. I bugging you? I'll tell Episode you. Episode 54, 53. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, very good. Uh, and if you guys want to check out, I got some hip-hop albums, Escape Goats and the Blame EP. You can get them for free on thejamhole.com slash music. Or if you want to buy them, Google Play. They're on there. Search for Matt Lee, M-A-T-L-E. You'll find it there. Uh, check out yet another techshow.com. We're writing for Dell's techpage1.com and a new domain.net. Make sure you're subscribed in iTunes. Write us a review. Give us a rating. We appreciate that. And we'll see you guys next week. Peace out. It's a tag. Thanks for listening to Attack of the Androids. Attack of the Androids.com.